0: Are you a small business owner looking to scale your business and your profits? Are you looking for strategies to find balance in your life as an entrepreneur? Stay tuned while Craig Staley, founder of HG Site Design, a website design and marketing agency, shares strategies from successful small business owners, authors, and experts on how to do just that. Let's join Craig as he explores how we can all take our businesses to the next level on the Small Business School podcast.
1: Hi everybody, welcome back. My guest today is Sierra Stockland. She is a serial entrepreneur and profit first certified coach. We talked to Sierra since she has so much experience in scaling businesses about some of the things you can do to scale a business. and we also talk about if your goal is to sell your business, how do you even go about doing that? What are some things you can do to prepare the business to put it up for sale? So all of that and a lot more today on the show with our guest today. Sierra Stockland. All right. I'd like to welcome my next guest. It's Sierra Stockland. She's a serial entrepreneur and profit first coach. How are you today, Sierra?
2: I'm great. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. Before we get going here, can you give the listeners a little bit of your personal background?
2: Absolutely. So like you mentioned, I'm an entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur, third generation entrepreneur as well. So I've been around small business forever. I'm native of Fargo, North Dakota, and I just love visiting with people like you about small business ownership and all that entails. So I'm really excited to chat.
1: That's awesome. So you said you're third generation, the first generation, what was the business?
2: Yeah, so my grandpa actually, he had three jobs. So he was a fireman and then he had another part-time job as well. And then he started his own small business. It was a window company. And then my dad married into the small business family. So I don't think he ever figured he'd be a small business owner, but they Mm -hmm. roped him into that. And then he ended up branching off, going up and opening his own window, a commercial window business. And so I've always been around small business talk, whether good or bad. It's been around every (laughs) dinner table growing up.
1: Interesting. So give us a little bit of background on your current business and kind of how you got there.
2: Yeah. Wow. Quite the journey, like all small business journeys. We don't typically end up where we start out, (laughs) I find, but yeah. So I had small businesses since I was a kid. I used to, at one point I was selling rocks to the neighbors. My mom made me return them all, (laughs) but I was always looking for a way to create something and then make some money off of it. So whether that be, you know, a lemonade stand or I opened up my own like knitting and jewelry business, we were just talking about being in a small community with lakes. So we travel all over Minnesota to the little lake resort. And I'd go into the boutiques and talk to the owners about selling my products. Then I opened an acting company, um, ran that for quite a few years, built in and really grew that. And then in 2006, I opened my first boutique store. So a retail store in downtown Fargo, and then opened a second retail concept at the same time. So I was running those for simultaneously for a while, merged them, franchised them, built that into a franchise system and was very successful. Seven figure boutique business built that, grew that. And then I built and launched a subscription box for boutique owners, and now I am working specifically as a boutique owner coach. So we can get into some of those nitty-gritty details, the good, bad, and ugly, if you'd like, but that's been kind of the progression of, of what's brought me to the coaching world right now.
1: Wow, that is quite a journey, and so you have a lot of experience to play off of here. So hopefully, I know we'll get quite a bit of value from some of your answers here. So like you mentioned you've successfully scaled a number of different businesses in your experience in in kind of that process what would you say are some of the keys to scaling a business
2: I think starting with the end in mind is really important so a lot of small business owners just want to open their business and run their business. And they, their vision stops there. Like I want to have a store or I want to open an insurance agency, or I want my own dream schedule, but it really stops there. And they don't think about the end. They don't never have the end in mind. Maybe they think like, I'll never sell it. Why would I ever sell it? I don't want to partner So they might go a little bit, you know, kind of dig into that and then it stops there. So I think starting with the end in mind, really thinking about 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road, what do you want out of this business? Do you want to have multiple locations? Do you want to build something and sell it? Do you want to have a partner eventually? Do you want to take it online? Like what is your goal? And don't stop until you've written that down and really thought through the end and then you back into it. And when you have that end in mind, it gives you a filter to say yes and no to so many things along the way as you're growing, and you'll scale much more efficiently.
1: That's interesting. Now, assuming that that we can scale and maybe our goal is to sell our business after we get to a certain point, what would you say are some things we should think about now if we're considering selling our business in the future?
2: I think the number one thing is you cannot be the key component or key ingredient to making your business work. Mm
1: -hmm. So
2: whenever I'm thinking about building and scaling or building and scaling and selling, I know that a potential buyer coming in, I do not want them to say, Hey, Sierra, we love this model. Yes. It's making a lot of money. It's profitable. It's growing and working, but it's only because you're in it. Because if I want to sell it. I want to be able to exit in some form or fashion. And I need a potential buyer to know that whether I'm there or not there, the business model itself works. So that's something to really think about. How can you, from the very beginning, start taking yourself out of the way that the business functions in order for it to be profitable and to work? And a lot of entrepreneurs do not think about that either.
1: Do you set a goal or do you feel like there's a certain point in time where you're saying okay, I don't want to be spending X amount of hours in this business because it will rely too much on me. I think I would assume at the beginning, obviously, it's going to be pretty heavy with you involved. But is there kind of a point down the road where you're hoping like, I don't want to be spending more than 5-10 hours a week on this business because it has to run without me?
2: Yeah, I think it's even more than that. And it should start like from day one, which I know is really contrary to what we think because yes, your business needs you. Like, you're going to have the most passion for, for doing things because you pay the bills and all of those pieces. But how can you take and observe like what you're doing well and create a system or a process from that? So retail, just talking about retail. Okay. So I'm going to do the best job in my retail boutique at selling because I'm passionate about it and I have to pay the bills, but how can I think about like, what's my selling style? how do I merchandise this? I'm going to write it down. I'm going to create a system and a process and I'm going to start working on training people to be mini me's. (laughs) So it's, to me, it's, it's less about like getting yourself to a minimal amount of time more than it is about getting everything in your head out onto paper, like flushed out onto paper or into a system and process that someone else can pick up and duplicate.
1: That makes sense. So our business should should really, I think we're kinda of, that's what we're kind of talking about. Our business should really work for us and not us having the business yes. relying on us. What do you recommend to build a business that provides the owner with profit?
2: Yeah. <laughs> that is a really good question. Well, what I work on specifically with my clients is all numbers based. And that's because of what I came from, not knowing my numbers, not understanding them being really afraid to ask because you feel stupid, right? As a small business owner, I don't want, I should know my numbers. I should understand the financial. I don't want to ask because that makes me feel dumb or look stupid. And so I just work with my clients on understanding the simplicity of the good foundation that numbers give you. So, you know, in retail, it's margin, it's inventory turn, like managing your inventory, understanding the relationship between your actual sales and the gross margin or the profit you get to keep after you pay for the inventory. Those would be like our simple numbers in boutique or retail-based businesses, but just really understanding those pieces of it. Cause when you understand the numbers and what they do for you, that it just logically begins to build the foundation that creates profit because you're looking and measuring and tracking the right things.
1: I think a number, at least what I've heard in the past, is a number of small business owners, it's almost a badge of honor that, you know, I haven't taken any money out of the business yet. Yes. And, and, you know, we're two years in or three years in or one year in, whatever it might be. When do you think is the right time to start taking money out of the business? I mean, I, I think every situation might be a little bit different, but as a philosophy
2: day one. (laughs) And I will tell you this from experience of not taking it. So, you know, I ran, built, grew my retail business into a seven figure business. We had a team of 12 full-time people. They all got a paycheck on time every week. You know, I was giving raises, all of those things, and not taking a paycheck myself because I had completely bought into that philosophy of like, Hey, you know what? I'll get my due in time. I'm just going to reinvest back into my business. I'll get my paycheck one day. And it ended up that that business, I ended up like dissolving it. And so to sit and look and say, Oh my goodness, I worked for free for 12 years. Why did I work for free while I made sure everyone else had a paycheck and I was growing it? did I waste that time? And that was something I really had to work through as an entrepreneur and vowed I would never, ever run a business like that again. So I say from day one, and that doesn't mean it has to be big. It can be $50 a week. You know, if you're starting out, you have a teeny tiny business, you're working full time on this, you know, and doing your business on the side, but get into that discipline of my time is valuable and I would pay anyone else that works for me. I would never expect anyone else to work for me for free. I will not give that, you know, put that burden on myself. So I always tell my my co- clients, you know, even if it's 50 bucks a week, pay yourself something and do it consistently.
1: That makes sense. So let's go on to more of the business side of things. What tools have you found in the course of all the businesses that you've started and ran What tools have you found most helpful that maybe other small business owners might find helpful?
2: Excel. Excel? (laughs) Yeah, Excel. You know, it's kind of funny. I run pretty lean and mean. Mm I am not the type of entrepreneur that's like, spend money to make money, just go out and spend money. And, you know, even with marketing, advertising, I'm very much like grassroots, guerrilla marketing, pound the pavement. And I think with tools and systems and processes, I run pretty lean too. Excel's fabulous. You can do so much with it. You can create a lot of your own systems and processes. I think having a really good email system, I've used Constant Contact, MailChimp, Clavio, I've used, you know, quite a few different ones. But I think whatever system you use, constantly evaluate its purpose for you and be okay with shedding things when they don't work anymore. So don't get even, you know, attached to like, oh, but you know, I've had this email system forever yeah, maybe it doesn't serve your purpose. So when I was you know, running my retail store, we use constant contact. Well, right now I use Kajabi for all of my teaching and training tools. And so I thought, why do I need to pay for two things? If Kajabi has the ability to put emails out? Yes, they can't, they're not as pretty and fancy, but they still get information to my people. Let me scale back. I'm going to shed a tool that used to work for me and doesn't as much anymore. So I think it's about evaluating where you're at, running lean and mean, And then using things like Excel that have very little to no cost and being creative with them.
1: So what's one thing that you're doing in Excel right now or you use Excel for that maybe someone else would be surprised about?
2: I track and measure all my results. So I love Excel. We have a running Google, I love Google Docs. They're great. You just put your Excel into that. Everybody can share it, it's free. So when I run my masterclasses every month or every other month, I'll track how many people signed in for the masterclass, what the viewership was for the live masterclass. I put all that data in. And then every month I have a new tab in that spreadsheet and it will just tell me, you know, what was your conversion? What was your retention? All of those pieces. So it's pretty fast. Basically, I've kind of created my own CRM in Excel, you know, where I have my customer information and data and I just measure and track that and I love all the formula capabilities and yeah, it's pretty great. So I do a lot of things like that where I'll see a need or something I want to track in my business and I'll just figure out a way to create an Excel spreadsheet for it.
1: Perfect. So what would you say is the biggest challenge that you've faced in business and what did you do to overcome it?
2: Yeah, so the biggest challenge would be losing... Everything, (laughs) literally everything, including my home. So, you know, like many small business owners, we had loans, they were tied to our house. And when our franchise system began to unwind itself and we ended up having to just close and shutter everything, we lost everything we had, which was really hard. My husband's not an entrepreneur, he's entrepreneurial, but he, you know, works for a company. And so I felt a lot of guilt over what our family was going through because of the business that I had, right? It was my fault. And so that was a huge hurdle. I remember sitting at my desk, everything was pretty much closed down, sold out. And we ended up selling the brand at the end. And I had a bottle of Tums and a bunch of wadded up Kleenex and the, like a mouse pad with my brand name. It just happened to be all sitting there. And I snapped a picture. I still have it. Cause I sat there and I was like, wow, That is what it's come down to, you know, (laughs) the name of my business, a bottle of Tums and lots of used Kleenex, you know, from all the tears, but overcoming it. I think I've always been someone that's really optimistic. I believe that my success and my failure are my own to own. I'm not going to blame others. I have to take part ownership in not just the successes, which are easy to take ownership of. Right. But the failures too, like, what could I have done different? Yeah. A lot of things were beyond my control and were done by other people that contributed to what happened, but I have to see what I owned in that and learn from it. And so, because I have that mindset, you know, I gave myself a little time to, to cry and grieve, uh, you know, what I thought would be and what ended up, but then I was like, you know what, what have I learned? what could I do with all of the connections and the experience that I have? And I'm just going to try again. I'll start simple. I'll try again and did that and just begin to build another business. So I think that's, you know, been the lowest low, but being able to just sit down and say, what can I learn from this? And I will not label myself as a loser. I'll be a learner instead.
1: Yeah. Everybody's going to have failures. It's what you do with those failures and, and turn them around to a lesson that's, that's going to grow the next thing that's, that really counts. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely.
1: So on a more positive note, what's the best moment in your business history so far?
2: You know, I was invited to the White House twice. As a representative, that was during my, um, while I had my franchise. So, you know, that business, while it unwound, it was wildly successful. And I had some really great things. That was pretty cool to be at the White House. I had took a picture of just, you know, the coffee in a White House cup. That was pretty cool. You know, I've testified in front of the Senate a couple of times, being asked and having the privilege of representing small business owners in Washington, D.C. Those are probably some of the highest moments. And I think most recently, just learning to celebrate wins. So one thing that I did really poorly for many years as an entrepreneur is set a goal, make it and never, and not stop, not stop and just appreciate it. I would just like, okay, I did that. Great. Awesome. But you know, now here's the next goal. And I really learned to just stop and celebrate little tiny wins. You know, like being on the podcast with you, getting to share my story, making a goal Seeing one of my clients really be successful, like celebrate that, just stop and like and revel in that celebration. So that's almost more recent win for me.
1: That's great. Cause I think a lot of times in business we really focus on the failures or the down month or, you know, what can we do to improve it? And we don't take time to stop for those those good things that happen along the way. Yeah. So that's that's great advice who would you consider a mentor and what would you say is the most important lesson they taught you?
2: I love this question. I'm so excited that you are asking. So mentorship for me is a very well-rounded group of people. I have so many mentors, but I've been very intentional and purposeful to bring them into my life. So when we were first starting out with the retail store, you know, I knew of someone who had been really successful building a retail venture and so I was like, okay, I'm going to sit down and ask if he'll give me 30 minutes, I'll pick his brain, ask him questions. And that's always how I've been. Like what area of my life do I not know something about, or I need to be smarter or better, well-rounded? Who do I know or who could I seek out that could give me advice and speak into that? I remember once being at a franchise convention, there's thousands and thousands, international franchise convention. And I went into a room, they were talking about profitability or something. And the, up on the panel one of the gals, Mary Thompson, who's actually um, a C-suite employee with a really well-known, very, very large franchise brand was speaking. I was like, I would love to have her for a mentor. So I asked, hey, would you give me 30 minutes of your time? I'll come prepared. I'll, you know, honor your time and so forth and so on. And we have stayed in communication. And when I have specific questions that she specializes in, I'll just give her a call. Hey, Mary, would you have, you know, 15 minutes to chat? So, for me, mentorship is about like seeing where I'm really weak or seeing something that I want to learn and then seeking those people out. And I have such a vast array of fabulous people that are on my informal board of directors, if you will, you know, that are just so willing to speak into my life.
1: It's awesome. I think that you're the first person in 40-some episodes that have, has answered specifically that way. So I think as a follow-up, what has been your... Experience as far as when you've asked someone to be your mentor that you don't know them, they don't know you, what has been their response?
2: I've never had someone tell me no, but I'm very specific with my ask. You know, I talk to my clients about that. Be very specific with your ask. So, not, hey, will you be my mentor? because you're busy I'm busy do I want to help people absolutely but if they kind of vague eh, you know you know you can I'll book you as a coaching client how about right but if someone comes to you very specifically hey Sierra you're really good at this or I saw that you spoke to this would you be willing to give me 15 minutes I'll come prepared I'll send my questions ahead of time I'm gonna say absolutely I can give you 15 minutes right so I think that's the biggest thing is just no one's ever told me no, but I've been very intentional with the ask so that they know exactly what I'm looking for. And then I honor that and I don't go over time or I don't abuse the time with them.
1: Very interesting. And as, as you're giving your answer, I'm thinking to myself, like, have I ever really done that? And I technically have, but in a whole different way, I created a podcast yeah. and, and I invite mentors on all the time. and And it's kind of a sneaky way to get that information. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> So before we get to the last question, where can our listeners find out more about your business?
2: Yeah, two places. I'm sierrastockland.com and my name is C-I-A-R-A-S-T-O-C-K-E-L-A-N-D. There's a sneaky little E in there. So sierrastockland.com, if that's too complicated, theboutiqueworkshop.com is another place too where you can find me.
1: Perfect. Well, we'll link both of them in the show notes. So the last question that I ask everybody is, if you could hop into a time machine and go back to the day that you started your first business, what piece of advice would you give your past self?
2: Simplify everything. Just simplify it. We overcomplicate things. We think into things way too much. We try so many things and don't use the filter of kind of that end in mind, like how we started out our conversation. Mm -hmm. Like, what's my end game? Is this going to get me further... Towards the end, that I have in mind, or no. And if it's not, I'm going to get rid of it. And you just keep simplifying down. So don't overcomplicate by adding so many things to do and so many expectations on yourself. Just keep looking for ways to simplify the way that you do your work, the way that you think about your business, and the way that you pay yourself as well.
1: So, what's one thing that you complicated in your first business that you made too complicated that you wish you would have simplified?
2: I think just watching what everyone else is doing. I, would l- I love to observe and there's a really healthy way to watch what people are doing mm-hmm. and take the best possible practices. But I would watch everything and try to incorpor- incorporate everything into my business. And it made it really confusing for the customer, especially in retail. You know, if they walk into a store and they're like, what kind of store are you? You know, are you a jewelry store, are you a gift store, you sell bubblegum, you sell men's shoes. Like what's going on? So I was always overcomplicating by trying to find things that would make me money, you know, that would create more sales. And I wish I would just kept, you know, a more simple approach to who's my core customer, what does she actually want? And then use that, you know, as guardrails or a filter for the, the product or the purchasing.
1: Great example. Sierra, thanks so much for being on with me today. I yes. really appreciated the conversation. It was great.
2: Great. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Thanks for listening to the Small Business School podcast. If you like what you heard, please share it and leave a review. It would mean the world to us. If you are a small business owner or looking to start a business, join the Small Business School Facebook group. It's a private community of people focused on helping each other take their businesses to the next level. To learn more about our guest today or to be a feature guest on the Small Business School, go to craigsdaily.com forward slash podcast for more info.